You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Y'all, we are so excited for today's episode. You genuinely have no idea. If you struggle with social media marketing, your mindset around creating content, knowing how to reach your ideal audience online, oh, you need this episode today, right now. Don't go away. Don't hop off. Don't pause. We're listening. We're going to stay here because today we have the honor of talking to the social media marketing guru herself, Jasmine Starr. Now, if you don't know who Jasmine is, you might be living under a rock. I'm going to just like inform you and break it down. Jasmine is a photographer and business strategist from Newport Beach, California. She dropped out of law school and became an internationally recognized creative entrepreneur later to become the founder of Social Curator, a social media marketing membership for business owners. Harnessing her chutzpah and hustle, Jasmine empowers entrepreneurs to build a brand, market it on social media, and create a life they love. Now, some days you'll find her featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc. Magazine. Other days, you'll find her going live on Instagram, hosting Ask Me Anything sessions on Facebook, and empowering business owners to build a life they love on her podcast, The Jasmine Star Show. Now today, Jasmine is going to break down so many mindset barriers you have when it comes to social media and Instagram marketing as a whole. Today, we discussed with her social media overwhelm, feeling like you have to create content 24-7, the biggest mistakes she sees entrepreneurs making on social media, and burnout and getting into creative ruts. And then we deep dived into discussing the announcement that rocked Instagram earlier this year when the CEO of Instagram, Adam Mosseri, said that Instagram is no longer a photo sharing app. Jasmine had some thoughts on that and spit some fire about that announcement, just her her general thoughts on it and how we as business owners should approach the app moving forward. And hint, her answer might actually shock you. So get ready for that. Jasmine then gave us some incredible tips for creating video content on Instagram, including Reels and her thoughts on captions for Reels and whether or not you should include influencer-style personal content on your business account. We covered, I mean, I just said a lot. We covered so freaking much today with Jasmine and she brought the fire. You're going to leave this episode feeling energized and ready to go kick some social media marketing butt after you hear what Jasmine has to say today. So I will shut up. And so we can hear from the woman herself, Jasmine Starr. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Jasmine, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. This is such a joy and honor to have you here today. I'm thrilled to be here, and I just kind of feel like people need to prepare their hearts because we're about to bring the heat. That's just, I, that's, I'm just going to speak it into existence. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I just, I told you this off air, but I'm like 38 weeks and and like five days pregnant. So I told Jasmine before we started recording, I was like, Jasmine, personal goal. I want you to bring the heat so much that I go into labor in this podcast. I and start if, I, if, you, if you don't go into labor, if your water doesn't break, I'm going to be like, <laughs> I did not, I didn't do my job. So okay, here's, perfect. here's to bringing in a human in the world. Yes. yes. We're, we're so excited. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, Jasmine, for anyone who may not know who you are, maybe lives under a rock, doesn't have Instagram at all, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got to where you are today? Just 
spill the the juice and tea for us today. Oftentimes, the story unravels at different points in our conversation. So instead of going into this long origin story, what I can say is that I am the daughter of an immigrant. I'm the first generation college student, first generation law school student who later dropped out. I had no money, resources, education to do the thing I wanted to do, but I wanted to start a photography business. My husband gave me a camera and I set out with one year to make the business work. And if not, I would go back to law school. Thankfully, the business worked so much so that people were kind of blown away that somebody with uh, no talent could actually run a business and successfully win wards and iterate and become an industry leader. And I have come to know and believe that it is on the back of building a brand and caring about other people in a professional capacity. So much so that people were like, how can we build a business similar to what you did in the photography world? Lots of photographers. I started teaching photographers and then um, kind of like concurrent circles to photography, videographers, graphic designers, creative entrepreneurs were like, well, if it's working for photographers, do you think it'll work for us? And so then imposter syndrome kind of crept up and I'm like, no, no, I can't teach somebody who's not in my industry. And slowly I started consulting, kind of created a very small niche consulting industry. I mean, consulting business in creative arts industry. And then I realized that I didn't just want to work with one-on-one companies. I wanted to do something and empower business owners. So I started creating online courses. I realized that that probably was a great fit, but not for me. And then I created a membership and I realized that in order for me to innovate and keep business owners on top of the learning curve, we needed to create a tech company and started off with a girl without a camera, with no knowledge, no money, no resources, grew to now become a CEO of a tech company. And I still feel completely inadequate to show up, but yet (laughs) I do. And that's why I'm here today. Ah. I love that. Well, and I think so many people can relate to just the story of not feeling adequate or not just feeling that imposter syndrome of trying to go after something and feeling like you're not uh, either just uh, like allowed to be in the room or you don't know enough. I think that is just such a relatable topic that so many people can relate to in your story. Um, but literally, you are you are the queen of social media. So we kind of wanted to go on a deep (laughs) dive onto that in today's show. Um, So let's just like dive straight on in. I would love to know, like, we, we all utilize social media in our business, right? Like, especially as creative entrepreneurs, but it can feel like just freaking overwhelming, I think, to a lot of entrepreneurs, especially with how many social media platforms are out there, like TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, like, literally all of them, right? And then even if you pick one, it's like, okay, there's there's reels, there's posts, like I'm talking about Instagram specifically, but like there's lives, guides, stories, captions. Like what, what would you say to the listener who's feeling overwhelmed at the thought of social media marketing right now with in their business? Well, Let's, I, I, I oftentimes, and listen, I, I, I definitely need to say that I was raised not only as my dad an immigrant. So like he often feels that like his American children have been coddled because they didn't have to like cross the border or like live in like right. substandard areas. <laughs> He's also a U.S. Marine. And, you know, and, and he actually is not an active Marine. But if you ever tell my dad that like he once was a Marine, he'll be like, let, let me tell you, except it would be in Spanglish. Like, let me tell you something. I'm always <laughs> a Marine. So it's just like, we grew up without any excuses. Right. Like, you know, my, my dad was always the first to say, you're going to tell me an excuse or you're going to give me a reason. What do you want to do? 
Like, so I have to say that when people say like, oh, I feel overwhelmed. And I'm like, well, yes, but social media, let's not isolate it. We we feel overwhelmed in a lot of things in business. We felt overwhelmed with how to figure out a tax ID. We felt overwhelmed filling out taxes. We felt overwhelmed choosing the right domain. We felt overwhelmed creating a website. Everything new is overwhelming, but Mm. we could choose to sit in a perpetual state of I'm overwhelmed and I won't do something or I'm overwhelmed and I need to figure out a way how to do something. Those are two entirely different situations. Oh, preach that. Oh man. Okay. Well, what would you say, Jasmine, to the person who is then sitting there feeling a little convicted on those words? It's like, okay, I I need to figure out how to push past this overwhelm. I need to figure out how to master social media. Do you have any thoughts of like, all right, perfect. You're ready. You're ready to, you know, step out of that, um, that paralyzing, you know, victim mentality when it comes to that overwhelm. Like let's, let's, let's step up to the plate. What would you say to that person on like first steps, breakdowns of getting that traction? Well, I would I would I wouldn't use the word victim mentality. I think it's more of like an empowering decision that one we could take. And then secondly, it's when you first learned how to ride a bike, you didn't look up to your mom or dad or uncle, whoever helped you, right? You didn't look up at them and be like, but I'm not riding the Tour de France, right? Like <laughs> you're not like, I'm not wearing the yellow shirt. Like right. of, of course not. So when somebody is just like I, you know, they're on their Instagram journey and you gotta give yourself grace. Like nobody is expecting you to do all the things perfectly. So what happens is the story that people could tell themselves is, I'm not doing it all, therefore I won't do any. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's where I kind of take an issue. And doing something is better than nothing. And putting out something that you don't deem is good or perfect is better than nothing at all. Because... I've often said that perfection is just procrastination in disguise. But this is so highlighted on social media because I don't believe in the definition of perfect. Perfect doesn't exist because perfect is subjective. What you think is perfect, I might look at and think it's substandard. And what I think is perfect, you might look at it and think it's terrible, which goes and proving this point that if anybody who's listening right now has ever put out a social media post and like you spend so long crafting the perfect image, right? And quote unquote, the perfect image, the perfect caption, the perfect reel. And then you put it out and then it kind of falls flat and you're like, wait a minute, what a waste of time. And then on the counter opposite side, have you ever just like put something out and you're like, I don't think this is really going to work or I'm not sure the kind of like feedback I'm going to get. And then all of a sudden it just, it just flips off. And you're like, wait, what happened? What happened (laughs) was you are not the king or queen of perfection. You are simply somebody who's putting something out and letting the kings and the queens on the internet determine if it's perfect for them. That is the difference. Mm, I love that. When I love that permission, Grant, to just create content and don't worry about perfection, just like get it out there. I just, I I love that. And I kind of want to pivot that a little bit into... Like, let's take Instagram, for example, because I think we're going to kind of go on a deep dive on Instagram specifically. But when somebody is like, okay, I got this, I'm going to post, I'm going to, I'm going to do all the things. There is like rules of Instagram, I, I would assume that you would agree with. So what are like the common mistakes that you see people making in Instagram marketing specifically? Well, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think that there are rules. Because I'm just hardwired. Like if there's rules, I want to know the rules so I can break them. Because nobody that. nobody ever stuck out by following the rules, right? I think it's Eleanor mm-hmm. Roosevelt who said like, women, 
women who women who broke made history never stuck by the rules or something like that. Poor yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt. I'm putting words in her mouth. It was something <laughs> along those lines. Like we don't do anything magical or great by doing things the way that everybody else is doing them. Right. So if there were rules to Instagram, I would try to actively find them and then break them to prove that the rules don't actually exist. But do I think that there are ways that we can improve things? Yes. And improving often comes on the back of doing things that make people uncomfortable, like giving engagement. Oftentimes people, specifically creative entrepreneurs, like we put so much of our of ourselves in the product or service that we have a hard time dis- dismembering the two, not dismembering, that's not the word, like uh, disassociating the two. Mm -hmm. It's like the photo you take, the cake that you bake, the video that you're creating, it's a piece of you. And so when people aren't responding to that, you feel as if it's wildly personal. And Mm -hmm. as I've started growing and iterating in business, I had to distinctly learn that anything that we put out as creative entrepreneurs is not of us. It is by us. And Mm. that in and of itself allows us to take a step back and look at it analytically. Like people aren't responding, not because it's maybe not good, but how often do people know it is there? So my first piece of advice would be to give the engagement that you want. If nobody's liking or leaving comments, you must go and first like and give comments. And people will say, but how much? Well, a general rule of thumb would be the 10x rule. If you want one person to leave a comment on your account, go and leave 10 comments on 10 different accounts. And these are thoughtful comments, comments that are more than four words because the algorithm weights those differently. If you're leaving comments that people can look at and think a bot left them, you're doing yourself a disservice. So if the comments that you're leaving are like, wow, so fun, awesome. That sounds like a bot. So what you want to do is look at the photo and or read the caption and then offer a comment more than four words. This is so insightful. So happy to see this. Wow, I love where you went on vacation. Something that actually looks like you were cognizant in paying attention. Once you are giving that entire type of engagement, people come back and be like, oh wait, who is this person? What are they doing? And even if the person that you're leaving the the, the comment on, on that person's account, they might not come back to your account. But the beauty about social media is that people are looking at the conversations that are happening, not to them, and then finding your account as a byproduct. Mm-hmm. So we know that when you leave a comment, it's not unidirectional. It's not just one person sees it. More people have the capacity to see it. So it's in your best interest to give engagement because engagement essentially becomes a billboard for your account. We must mm-hmm. give what we ultimately want. Yeah. Well, Amen. And I think it's also important to just realize like it's called social media. Like this right. is in a lot of ways, you know, a, how a ton of us are communicating these days and you can't expect people to just enter into a conversation with you if you're not also engaging in conversation with others. So, you know, setting the ball rolling and being like, all right, this is the tone and the standard that I want to set on my account. Like, let's, I'm ready to chat. I want to talk. I want to engage. Like, you're welcome to engage here. And it's just kind of, you know, like setting that tone and being like, all right, here's the the theme of the party. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a follow-up question to that because I, I want to play devil's advocate just from, because um, we we teach our students the same thing of like, hey, give the engagement that you want to receive. Like be that, like don't just expect engagement to come to you when you're not doing anything to actually give it yourself. Um, and we've received a few like student comments. I'm like, okay, what happens when I like, okay, I, I'm using question boxes. Cool. Awesome. I'm commenting, uh, which more so I'm talking about like the question box. What happens when you, when you like, do that and then no one responds to you. Or like if, if we're saying, hey, like uh, invite people into conversation on your stories, right? And and they do that and then they'd be like, well, no one's responding. What would you say to that person? 
Well, I think a lot of times we have to take a step back and look at the questions that we're asking. Oftentimes, if um, we, we want to look at social media like truly like it's a cocktail party. So if you walked into a cocktail party and people kind of sort of knew you, but not really, and you walked up to them and were like, can you tell me the first transformative experience of your life? No, of course <laughs> not. I'm not going to. But if you Slowly come up to me and away. say, right, right, right. And it's just like, if I came up to you like, hey, do you prefer coffee or tea? There is a high likelihood that people would respond to that because it's easy, it's warm, it's gauging, it's safe. And Mm. so oftentimes people are like, what content do you want to see from me? Wait, wait, wait. You are actually asking people to tell you they're not going to. Mm -hmm. How about you give two content options and then put a poll, this or that, and one single click. And let's just say that you are a fashion designer and you're saying, what kind of content would you see from me? Like daytime to nighttime wear or how to choose the perfect black dress. Now, anybody who chooses any option, you have a whole pathway to building out long form engagement with this person. Because if the person says, oh, I really want to know the look from day to night. Well, then great. You can go to your analytics on who voted in that poll and then send a message to anybody who who voted in that poll. They did not send it you a single word, but their vote meant something. And when you acknowledge their vote, number one, it's proving that you look at your analytics and they're more likely to engage with future polls and stories. Mm. Number two, you care enough about them before you're expecting them to care about you. So you could, number one, offer them a resource. You're like, hey, I created this PDF. Go here to download it. Or email me and I'll send you this PDF on the best ways to transition from daytime to nighttime wear. Mm -hmm. Offering with value, expecting nothing. Now, anybody who responds to choosing the perfect black dress, you could say, I made a reel. I made a video. Here's a PDF. Sign up for this list on how to choose. Whatever the case may be, you're engaging with them on the back of them taking one click on a story. That's how you're driving engagement. Love that. You're you're minimizing the obstacles in their way and the difficulty in in their, you know, entering the conversation. You're being the actual host of that cocktail party who's putting your guests at ease and showing them, you know, how to engage, like what what the activities are, where the food is. Like you're you're guiding them through the experience to make it as easy and seamless for them as possible. I love that. Thank you. Well, and I love even just comparing it to a cocktail party because when you take it out of the social media realm and into like a real life scenario, it makes sense why you don't go up to a stranger at a cocktail party and it's like, what's your most transformational story? Tell me like (laughs) how, like tell me your life story. Like you don't do that. And so it's like you take it actually into like the human psychology of how human beings actually interact. Mm -hmm. Correct. I love that. Okay, Jasmine, can we talk a little bit Talk like pivoting out of maybe engagement. Maybe this, then we might talk about engagement in this too. I'm sure we will. But let's talk about uh, what types of content perform best on Instagram right now. Because I know when the CEO or whatever of Instagram came out with the like, Instagram is no longer just a photo sharing app. There was a lot of panic and confusion and even some excitement in the creators on the app, the the marketers on the app. And I'm sure you have a lot to say here. So do you want to talk maybe a little bit about content types on Instagram, values of each and or that announcement and your thoughts on it? Yeah, Adam Oseri came out and made an announcement and caused quite a few people to go into a tizzy. But the people it had very little effect on were the people who were actually creating content. Mm -hmm. So analytically and statistically, 20% of people on Instagram are making 80% of the content. 
Wow. So oh, wow. Let that sink in for a little bit. 20% of the people on social media are creating 80% of the content. That 20% saw Adam's announcement and said, yeah, we know that. <laughs> because far before anybody who had ever made that, it's the people who were so caught off guard, like what? But it, it, it's as if you're having a conversation with a friend. A five-minute conversation with a friend every day versus having a one-hour conversation with a friend in a month. You could still get the same amount of information, but that dose that you're going to get that once a month, you're like, you're shocked, you're pregnant? What happened? When all actuality, if you just spoken to that person for five minutes every day, it would have come up in between that time. So when people yeah. saw that announcement, they're like, I'm shocked. But this has been the case for months. Right. If you are a consistent content creator, you will know that that video was already outperforming any else, anything else. Yeah. Now, what is to be very, very, very cautious of is he didn't say that photos were going away. Mm-hmm. He just said that they're going to be putting more, they're going to be indexing video on the platform more. Now, I don't think that Adam or anybody else in Instagram is out to sabotage our efforts when, when it comes to <laughs> photos. Not at all. They're making a business move. And business and analytics show that people are more engaging, spending more time and have a higher likelihood of sharing what? Video content. If yeah. you're a business and you have a yellow shirt and everyone's like, I want that yellow shirt and you can't keep that yellow shirt in stock. Why would you say, guess what guys? We're going to be stocking extra black jeans. Nobody <laughs> wants the black jeans. So Adam is making a business move and we Mm -hmm. have to learn how to adapt. So if the CEO of Instagram is saying the yellow shirt is winning, y'all get your dang best to start making some yellow shirts. Mm -hmm. It's It's just where we are in content creation and marketing. Now, not all pieces of content are created equal. Like generally speaking, if you were just like, Jasmine, I need an answer now. At the time of this recording, I would say if you just could do one thing, you should create reels because the algorithm at the time of this recording is over indexing on reels. Yeah. Now, there are other people who are so much better at long form video content. There's so many people like the true social media gangsters are people who can go live and maintain an audience. You do that, you're in an entirely different league. But not everybody has that capacity. I would never just say, go out and do a live. It doesn't work the same for everybody else. So it's really important for you to be self-aware. What can you do on Instagram that you feel like plays to your strength, that is going to be worth your time, and that is appealing to your dream customer? At the end of the day, it is better for you to appeal to a smaller audience of people who will buy than to appeal to the masses of people who will never be your customer. I mean, unless Mm -hmm. your objective is to be popular. If you want to be an influencer, if you want to be popular, then do things that will make you popular. But if you want to run a business on the back of social media, then your objective would be to be profitable. And the way that you do that is by creating siloed pieces of content for your dream customer, not for the masses. I love that. What would you say to somebody who, when they heard that announcement, might be in an industry that is a little bit more photo heavy. So I'm thinking of like the photographers out there. I'm thinking of the graphic designers or the illustrators out there, or even like product shop. Well, I don't know if that's the best example because I have ideas of how you could do this, but people that kind of freaked out because their industry is visual photo heavy. Um, how would you tell that person to embrace reels or video content specifically? Well, first and foremost, I wouldn't have a panic. Like if you are doing well with photos, if you're getting engagement now, on average, the amount of organic engagement that a post would get would be somewhere between three and 4%. So if you're hitting average amounts of engagement, like you're already 
on the path to doing something good. I wouldn't necessarily say like it's a complete breakup. If you're getting 10% engagement on your content, you're just fine. Like you don't have to like be like, I need to never post a photo again. Not at all. <laughs> However, if you're posting a photo and it's not getting the engagement, if you're getting like one or 2%, it's a clear indication from your audience, you're going to have to pivot. That's where the market yeah. is going. And mm -hmm. so you absolutely have different ways. I mean, I can think like specifically photographers. Photographers are going to be the most or what they think is going to be the most impacted. But I have seen the most powerful pieces of marketing. Now I get it. People don't look at it and think it's marketing, but it so is marketing. Like um, just yesterday, I had seen a reel and it was a wedding photographer who had posted a picture of like a father and daughter. And it's that trending song um, where it starts with like super like subtle. Like I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to try to sing it because you're like, <laughs> I will make your ears bleed. But let's just say it starts with like a very subtle, soft wedding -y vibe. And then it gets into like a crunk like rap song. Okay. So and the, the text was what most brides would think the father-daughter moments are like. And these beautiful photos, three to four beautiful photos, soft wedding -y music. And then the text changes to what most dads and daughters look like on their wedding day. And his dad is like jumping into a pool. They're dancing. <laughs> they're having like... So it was literally a photo commercial mm -hmm. that tapped into a trend that showcase what it is you do and showcase your taste and humor. Yeah. And it was freaking viral. I was like, this photographer is just living his or her high <laughs> life. And so yeah. when we think about how to create and leverage videos, you can take your iPhone, put it in selfie mode and record yourself. Just put the phone against a rock, a window, a door, and you are showcasing yourself shooting your subjects in the beginning and then show the after. Mm -hmm. Hold your phone of your couple standing there. And if you are a photographer, you know that 99.9% .9 of your clients are awkward as all get out, as am I in front of a camera. However, our job, the better you are as a photographer, is the less revealing of how awkward your subjects truly are. In your video, this wonky, janky iPhone video, you could just show them and they're kind of like, what do I do with my hands? And then all of a sudden you put your phone away and you're like, okay, guys, you step in, you take a beautiful photo and you juxtapose the before and after and then you just look like a gangster. That's technically... <laughs> video, but you're yeah. learning to leverage video for what your still images do. Like, listen, I'm gonna go back to my dad says, you will find an excuse or you will find a reason. Choose one. Mm. Mm -hmm. Ah, preach it. I love it. I feel like there's there's a, a lot of mental roadblocks when it comes to video content where a lot of people begin to think, oh, but I am a photographer or I am a graphic designer. I have, you know, these photos and it's so natural for us, I think as human beings, we get stuck in these, these patterns or these habits or, you know, these routines of, oh, I'm used to posting a photo and, you know, that's as a photographer, that's my marketing. And the reality is with the shift towards video, especially in the past couple of years on Instagram, it's like, we just have to think outside of the box. We have to shake ourselves up, shake our routines up and, you know, think, creatively of how we can harness and utilize this powerful tool that Instagram is pushing right now. Like, like you were saying, Jasmine, like stock the yellow shirts. If people are wanting them, <laughs> stock it. <laughs> All right, entrepreneurs, let's face it. You're in a pickle. You're not attracting your ideal clients because your brand visuals are just meh at best. And you're not showing up as the professional ready to make their life 500 times better. Do you honestly feel like your website just sucks? Like your branding feels like you created it in Microsoft's Paint? Anyone else remember Microsoft's Paint? Is that just me? <laughs> okay. And your, your client experience just overall feels like it's seriously lacking. And you just need a change right now. 
But let's be honest, you're not ready to drop 8K on a custom web and brand design. Well, don't worry, that's where we come in. Introducing the solution to all of your website struggles, the Heart Shop website templates. Now we spent hours designing these customizable, professional, and conversion-intense website templates with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook of Elizabeth Designs. They are so incredibly easy to use and customize with ShowIt's user-friendly interface. Yes, by the way, you can easily learn how to work with ShowIt even if you've never touched a website or any design platform before and you can change literally anything you want. No more being limited to squares on your website. It's a drag and drop system that is freaking easy and looks incredible. Oh, oh, you want more information? Cool, I got you. The templates come already SEO optimized with copy prompts from Lindsay and I included. Yeah, you don't just get nonsensical filler text. You get bomb education and prompts from Lindsay and I to help you wow your potential clients and crush your website copy. And we designed a variety of these in different styles so you can find the closest match and then tweak it to make it fully your own. If you're ready to save thousands of dollars and hours upon hours upon hours of your time and get clients flooding through your website, you need to check these out. So grab yours at theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash website dash templates. Hey, photographers, this one's for you. Real talk, have you ever felt like your photos just look stale? Like they lacked the oomph that you're looking for? Ever feel like you're not just like fully capturing the life and energy and story of your clients, but you just don't know how to fix it? Well, we've got some magic sauce for you, my friend. Meet your new best friend, The Posing Miner, our online course for photographers showing you how to capture those jaw-dropping, authentic photos of your clients that will leave them in tears because you capture them in the moment so perfectly. Yes, it is packed full with six course episodes, over 232 minutes of video content, and three bonus PDFs. Lindsay and I take you out into the field with us. Like, no, literally, we we go into some fields and we walk you through step-by-step how to pose families, couples, portraits or seniors, wedding parties, and a wedding couple. So if you are ready to say bye-bye to brain farts in the middle of your photo sessions, awkward silences and weird freaking prom poses, uncomfortable clients and subpar images, the posing minor is your new best friend. To see more and to join in on the magic, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash posing dash minor. One more time, theheartuniversity.com forward slash posing dash minor. I love it. Okay, so Jasmine, can you talk to us a little bit about Reels as a whole, not maybe just for photographers or anything like that. For the person who's sitting there like, okay, I'm working on Reels. I'm I'm doing my best. Do you have like one, two, three thoughts, tips, strategies, tools, insights? <laughs> that was a lot of words. That, that, person, <laughs> that person could maybe take and harness and use as they're, you know, working on mastering and creating more short form video content. Cause I know short form snappy, you know, can feel very overwhelming for people. So do you have thoughts on that? Yes. And first and foremost, it's not going to be the answer that most people would expect because people would say, oh, short form snappy is overwhelming. And I'm like, no, short form and snappy is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for you to do something that doesn't come natural to you. And in the process of doing something unnatural, you might develop a skill or a set or see some sort of power play that you had never experienced before. So the mindset shift is going to be the thing that's going to move you past that and get you to taking action. Now, if we get into practicality, 
On the inside of Social Curator, we teach this HIC method. This is our, this is a formula. This is an engagement formula that we talk about all day and every day. And this engagement formula works for all types of content, period, the end. Now, HIC is stands as an acronym for H is hook. How you're going to make somebody stop their scroll and click on the read more. You got to hook them in the beginning or else they will never click and read the powerful things you have to say. Then we move on to I and that's for insights. This is where you share two or three things about you, your business that make you special or unique or highlight the way that you relieve a pressure point and a desired solution that your customer wants. C is the call to action. Oftentimes we're not getting engagement because people aren't asking for it. Like it's just like, I had a great photo shoot. New graphic designs. My templates just launched. I love working on the weekend. Those are all statements. Nobody knows how to respond to that. Like, okay, what do you actually say? So ask a question, get a piece of advice. What's somebody's opinion? Answer a quiz. Give them a way to talk back to you so that you can then talk back to them in the comments. Now, using that HIC method, it can apply to a caption, but it can also be applied to creating a reel. In order for somebody to watch the entirety of your reel, you got to what? Hook them in. Tell them what the reel is about and it is okay to qualify who watches that reel. You could absolutely type at me right at the beginning. Like your H, your hook is calling all wedding photographers. Well, if that person who's watching on wedding photographers, they're going to scroll on past. However, it will get more likely shares and engagement from your target audience. Is audience? It's okay for you to hook calling all wedding photographers, and then you can point to two things. It's just like the most annoying habits. It's like when somebody with a flip phone cuts you off uh, during the first kiss. When somebody <laughs> has repeat flash on the dance floor. When somebody right, and you're doing this, and at the end, like your CTA is, you know, um, what's some Something awkward that's happened while you've shot or mm-hmm. download my free PDF on how to take photos in chaotic situations. Whatever the case may be, you follow the methodology and all of a sudden it goes from, I can post anything on social media to I can post anything and follow a formula that's proven to get people to talk back to me. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, what are your thoughts on captions on Reels? Because I know there's been a lot of buzz of like, okay, well, captions are really great for still photos, but I think people think like, okay, when we go to a Reel, the caption is completely irrelevant. Do you have thoughts on that? Oh, I have lots of thoughts on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, y- listen, not will, will, will everybody read the caption that I write to associate with a Reel? No, not at all. But for the people who do it has changed from a cold lead to a warm lead or from a warm lead to a hot lead. What Mm. we're trying to do is truly pre-qualify the people who are going to ultimately buy from us unless your ambition is to be an influencer. If your ambition is to be an influencer, the only thing you need to write on a caption is long hair day, (laughs) cafe or me. Like use some pun who's falling into fall. And then you get oh like a thousand gosh. comments. Like, I mean, you, if, because because that's the culture of that. No tea, no shade. Yeah. But if you're yeah. trying to convert a customer, I'm sorry, it is a wasted opportunity for you to do a reel and be like, fall into fall. Really? Yeah. Or photographers, a photo says a thousand words. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. This is an opportunity for us to cultivate not just an audience, but a customer. So... If somebody doesn't read my caption, not a loss. But for the person who does, total win. I spend the time to do that. I like that you actually use that example because I think a lot of business owners look at what influencers are doing and they're like, well, wait, how are they getting like 10,000 Oh, Lord have comments? mercy. <laughs> right? Lord like, have they're, mercy. They're looking at that and they're like, well, wait, okay, so that's how to be successful or that's how to get a lot of followers and, and therefore clients in their mind on Instagram is if I just write super short witty captions or I think they look at influencers and they're like, oh, they're doing it right when that's a completely different ballgame from business. So do you want to like, 
you sound like you have thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I have plenty of thoughts on it. I, I really, really, really do. Again, like you just need to make... So I have zero aspirations to be an influencer. My aspiration is to be an entrepreneur with influence. But the mm-hmm. only way that you create a movement or a tribe or a group of people to subscribe to a similar ideology is to state your freaking ideology. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, there are very, very few people, very few people who are so talented that the entire package need not be necessary. They exist. We know specifically, I, I am in I am in the creative game. I know the photographers who could just write a period <laughs> and then get all these likes and all these comments. They are the outliers. Yeah. There's a good chance if you're listening to this podcast that you and me, I, I am not an outlier. I got to work twice as hard, jump twice as fast, show up early, leave late, out serve just to play the game. So if you feel like you subscribe more to the, I got to work to get what I want, well, then let me tell you, the best thing you could do for yourself is to put a stake in the ground, tell people what you're about, tell the pressure that you resolve, that, tell the pressure relief, the problem you solve and give a solution. And mm. you must share and give everything you know far before somebody will ever bring out a credit card or a checkbook or Venmo and pay you for what it is you do. Well, Jasmine, what would you say then in the situation where, because I'm so on the same page, fully agree, but I also think there's there might be confusion in the listener's mind right now who's thinking, okay, but am I not also supposed to build like a relationship and, you know, that that personal connection that can be so valuable on social media where you're not just, you know, this suit who is telling you, you know, ABC, here's how to invest, but actually like building that trust, building that relationship, building that connection. Is there a crossover of, you know, little snippets or portions of the influencer marketing game of, you know, sharing your life, sharing, you know, what makes you tick, sharing your home or, you know, just different things that may or may not be directly related to your offer or, you know, your product. Do you have thoughts on kind of how somebody could walk that line? Like, what would you say to the person who is only sharing business like ABC without building a relationship with their customer? Should they be building a relationship with their customer by sharing, you know, more personal behind the scenes along with the business how-to? So the answer depends on your end customer. Your end customer. That's Mm -hmm. it. Does your end customer really appreciate it? At the time of this recording, you will likely hear my daughter. She just ran into the room. Aww. And I, I have to know and I have to believe and say that the, my end dream customer is going to appreciate the difficulty, complexity, the beauty, the beast that is running a business as an entrepreneur and a mom. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other people whose customers would not want that remotely. Yeah. And I would never say to, oh, if you're going to do a podcast, make sure that your daughter's in the background. I would never say that. (laughs) And likewise, I would never say, I would never say, do not have your child appear in a podcast, video, or photo. Never. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that as business owners, as we use social media, what people see on the outside is going, what we're creating, we believe they appreciate. Yeah. Now, speaking of my daughter, I, I, I do know that the things that I get the most engagement, hands down by far, are photos that I include my husband, my dog, or my daughter. And if it includes all three of them, it's like, wow. Now, <laughs> I think waiting. for engagement, I should be posting photos or videos of my husband, my dog, and my daughter every day. But that does not serve the purpose of why I'm there yeah. because it makes the, the focus on me. 
And that's mm-hmm. what influencers do extraordinarily well. They yeah. are afforded the luxury to use less words, create less stories, and have distinct call, less calls to actions because we're focused on who they are as people. Mm-hmm. Now, you will always hear me say, always, that oftentimes as service providers, as creative entrepreneurs, people are buying a portion of the person, the creator, and the creation. So they buy the cake and a bit of the baker. They invest in the photography, but also the photographer. So do I think, generally speaking, it's good to infuse a bit of your personality, a bit of personal aspects into a professional show up? Absolutely. Now, I have seen, let's just take, for example, videographers, photographers, graphic designers. I have seen some show a ton of their life and children and family and do extraordinarily well. And then I have seen, on the flip side, people who are just as successful show very, very little. I don't think that it's a one size fits all. We have to think of, does our dream customer appreciate that level or that con, um, that frequency in which we're yeah. showing? And then yeah. what does it serve the business? So in my mind, I post a photo of my daughter, my husband, or my dog in about one out of every eight or nine posts. And I am doing that because I still want a a moment of documentation of myself as an entrepreneur and and as a mom, but I also highly value the privacy of my family. I never want somebody to follow me. And so I actually get a few DMs from people uh, every week. Like, do you have a Finsta or do you have a family account? And the answer is no, I don't. I don't use social media in that capacity. I use it for business. I don't think there's a right or wrong, but I've made the decision and it's a very clean line in my mind and in my family. Mm -hmm. I I love love that. that. Jinx. Sorry, we, we both said the same thing. We both loved that. I, I have a follow-up question to that. For somebody that just listened to what you said, and and they might not, this might go a little bit away from social media and more just towards marketing question in general. And, and they're curious or they don't know who their ideal client is. Because what you're saying is like, it depends on who you're trying to attract. What if somebody doesn't know who they're trying to attract? What would What advice would you give to them? Um, I mean, not to like cite like, you know, 1990, like educational resources, but stop, drop and roll. Like we, <laughs> like, whatever you're doing, like the greatest gift that any business owner in any industry at any point in their career could do is to know who they're selling to. And I yeah. do not mean this in an amoeba-like way. I don't mean this esoterically. I am telling this, I am telling every business owner who's listening, the person they are selling to must be real. He yeah. or she must exist in real life. They need a name. They need an age. You need to know if they have kids. You need to know if they're educated. You need to know if they're married. You need to know if they live on a coast or if they're in middle America. You need to know if they live in Australia. You need to know the shows they watch, the magazines that they read. Like Because what happens is that it's not an exercise in time wasting. It's an exercise in understanding how to create content that resonates with them. Because far before somebody is ever going to buy something from you, they must first resonate with you in a professional capacity. So... Mm-hmm. It's not enough for me to say all these things without somebody feeling overwhelmed, but I believe this so, so, so much that I created a resource to help people identify this. It's for free. You can download it, jasminestar.com forward slash ideal client. And I, I honestly, if this is the one thing that I can leave the world knowing that it helped business owners, nothing would bring me more satisfaction because the greatest disservice that business owners make is if they're not getting sales or they're not getting conversions, they think it must be about them and or what they do. And I'm like, it's absolutely not that. It's knowing who you're targeting and then serving that person so extraordinarily well. That's what's going to lead to the conversion. Yeah. Well, and I think as as business owners too, if you don't have clarity on who you are actually trying to reach, you're, you know, sitting there just 
shuffling, like I, I'm just picturing me. This is probably the most random picture to pop in my head. I'm picturing me. I played little league baseball with the boys when I was like growing up. Oh my um, God, so did I. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> so that, did that's I. amazing. Stop it. Um, well, I was always put in the outfield. I don't know if you were too. Um, no, I was a big girl. I was very big as a child. I was a catcher. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. Smart. Well, I was put in the outfield. They just shoved me out there. And uh, I would just be like, especially when I was younger, I would just like pick dandelions and like kick my feet around because the little freaking kids at that age couldn't hit that far. And so, and so I was just like, genuinely like thinking I was playing baseball, I wasn't playing the game. And I think as entrepreneurs, that's so often how we are, if we don't have clarity on like the end goal, if we don't have like, oh, I need to have my head up aimed at, you know, I'm watching the the person, the batter right now. And the minute that ball gets like hit this direction, I'm ready to catch it. Like we're, we're just shuffling around feeling like we're actually doing the work, but we're not actually seeing momentum and seeing growth. So I think having that clarity on who are you trying to reach? Who are you trying to serve? Who are you trying to sell to? Isn't just like, oh, once you get down the road, like that might be beneficial information to know. Like, no, if you don't have that answer, you won't that's have clarity. And it, yeah. yeah, like that's the game. Like you have to understand how to play the game. Like you have to know the rules. <laughs> Correct. I love uh, that. Amazing. Okay, well, Jasmine, what would you say? Because I feel like we're almost talking a little bit about marketing as a whole. Can we talk a little bit about mindset? I know we've touched on it a little bit, but specifically with creativity. So I know as creative entrepreneurs, we can definitely have seasons where we feel really burnt out or really empty. And I know the past couple of years, just in the world, a lot of business owners, a lot of people are just feeling very like drained, very stretched thin. Um, what would you say to the listener right now who is feeling that creative spark or that passion for creating or anything, especially as we're talking about like creating more content online, create those reels, you know, serve your audience, show up. Who what would you say to the person who is listening right now who's feeling just burnt out or dry? Do you have thoughts on on how they can step back into the game, how you avoid creative burnout or how to get out of it? So I'm going to give an answer and I know it's going to sound duplicitous or as if I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but when I say it, the person who's listening and filling in that burnt out zone, they're going to know what is their truth with a capital T. So when you are feeling dry or burnt out or completely overwhelmed, number one, option one, is stop and rest. Yeah. Like, and resting, um, excuse me, I said stop. What I meant was just rest. Just yeah. rest. Because resting doesn't mean stopping. It just means I'm going to take a momentary break to get what I need to get together. Yeah. It is okay to take a rest. In fact, I take social media sabbaticals four times a year. Sometimes mm-hmm. five. I, I I know that when I get to that point, I know I need a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then on the opposite side, there have been plenty of times where I don't feel like posting. I don't feel like going live. I don't feel like batching a reel. I don't feel like writing captions. But it's oftentimes as a creative entrepreneur, it's in the act of doing. Like Stephen King said it so well that the muses visit him in the process of working. They don't visit him to, to have him get to work. I, I yeah. am inspired oftentimes, like best ideas come when I'm in motion. If we're waiting for an idea to come, if we're, worse, if we're waiting to in, for inspiration to strike, we're going to be waiting a long time. Inspiration yeah. is wildly over-indexed and rewards people who are already in motion. Yeah. So wherever you are right now, and if you might be in a space where you're like, I have nothing in me and I feel like I'm killing myself, psh, take 
a break. Pause. It's okay. But if you're in a place you're just like, ugh, this again. Well, if it feels like a chore, what would it feel like for you to create without attachment, without intention, just simply show up because the inspiration will strike when you're in motion. That is really good. Okay, Jasmine, you have given us so much, so much fire today uh, in slowly kind of wrapping up this interview. We like to ask this question to every guest that comes on our show. And it's kind of a big question. It goes beyond, obviously, just social media and everything that we've been talking about on today's show. But the question is, what is the biggest lesson that you have learned in your years of business? Uh, Biggest lesson would be to get used to know. You will hear no's so much more often than you will hear yeses. And it doesn't have to do with you. It has to do with the customer not being ready, the time not being right, or the price not being right. So getting used to know is such a valuable lesson. And Mm -hmm. also understanding that... And I know it sounds super cliche, but I really mean this with all of my heart, is everything I looked back at and deemed as a failure, it takes just as much energy for me to look at it and say it was a failure as it takes just as much energy for me to ask myself, what did I learn from it? And I think that by simply shifting what you're asking or what you're looking at, it really empowers you to have an entirely different mindset. And the, the greatest lesson that I have learned is specifically, you do not have to be the best or the richest or the first to have a wildly successful career. In fact, I will be the first person to say you don't need to be the most talented or the most educated or the most connected. You can simply show up and figure out how to serve a small group of people really well. And you can have a wildly successful career on the back of that. Mm, I love that. That's so Snaps good. For that. That's amazing. <laughs> Jasmine, thank you so dang much for being here for bringing the fire, for sharing so much of your information and your insight. I know this was such a breath of fresh air and a good kick in the pants for our listeners. So for everyone who is now listening to this and is like, okay, I need to learn from Jasmine. I need to be a part of her community. I need to join her membership, whatever. Where can everyone find you and connect with you? So, well, first we just need to state the obvious. I didn't do a good enough job because the baby is still sitting in the womb. We were hoping to have some water breakage or like we needed to end the podcast early because she was on her way to the hospital. Um, well, okay, we, we so, don't know. I mean, I, I will keep you updated as we end this call. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a text message. Okay. Please okay, for no. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm feeling get, some sort of action down there, but I don't think it's a contract. That's like right. That. Okay. Just go on a walk. Go on a walk. Make okay, my dreams okay. come true today. Um, okay. Perfect. You can find and connect with me on social media at Jasmine Star, and you can find Social Curator at socialcurator.com. We would love to see people there. Amazing. Perfect. Jasmine, thank you so much. You are a joy to talk to. Yes, you have a good day. Amazing. Thank you, ladies. <laughs>